Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with a man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. Happy hump day, everybody. The 11 key components to a first-time site visit with your clients. Here we go. Number one, when you get to the site visit, when you get the site visit scheduled, make sure that if it's a couple, that they will both be there to meet you. Get on the same page right away. Otherwise, you'll need multiple appointments instead of one. Know what I'm saying? You meet just the husband, and his response to every question is, I'd have to check with my wife. Or vice versa. What do they say? Happy wife, happy life. It can go either way. If it's a couple, it's a partnership. They make decisions together, and you want them making clear, defined decisions for the work you'll be doing right away. And more about this when I talk about working with clients under contract in a future episode that I haven't worked on yet. Number two, review what they said on the phone before you show up. Have some questions ready before you get there to break the ice and simultaneously get straight to the point. And we'll talk more about this. Number three. Okay, you pull in their driveway You got your logo emblazoned truck and you're wearing a hat or a shirt or something that has your logo on it. And two things here, a readable, sexy logo allows people to see it, read it. First of all, that they can read it from a distance. You've seen so many logos that you can't even tell what they are when you're driving around. Don't do that. Shows that you're proud of your business name and in front of the public. It's a huge first step in marketing and branding your company. And I'm digressing here. So more about that in marketing later on. Uh, And hey, a nice looking truck makes a good impression too. It shows that your company is actually making money and you buy nice stuff. Uh, If you're driving a beater, you know, you got to drive a beater for a while. But investing in a nice vehicle makes a huge difference. But I digress again. Get that logo in front of your client. Shirt, hoodie, hat, truck. It it exudes confidence and familiarity and, and, and really comforts your client knowing that someone who's proud of their company is at their house. Number three, get your client's first names right when you get in the door if you did not get them on the phone. Write their names down in your notes. I am my father. I forget names as soon as someone says them, unless I try, try, try. But there's a lot to think about when you first meet potential clients. And so you want to write their names down. You know, it drove me nuts when I was a kid and my dad couldn't remember names. He used to introduce his sons by name, if he could remember our names. So his clients or friends would have to shake, stick out their hand and shake their hands and introduce themselves. It's a great trick, but... Write it down. Get their names right away. Uh, Because I'm going to come back to this at the 11th tip is 
you want to say their name at the end of the meeting. And they'll remember this. Number four. After the niceties, ask the general gist of the project again and listen without interrupting. Take more notes. Number five. Start asking behind-the-scenes questions. Ask what's changing in the remodel area. Ask what's going to be different. Ask what's being moved. Electrical receptacles, fans, mechanical, sink, shower drains. All these questions will jumpstart the conversation and assure your potential clients that you've done this before. Number six. Ask if they've started thinking about finishes. I could have put this at number five. But this really gauges how ready someone is. And it's also in uh, something I talked about in the essential components of client cold calls in episode nine of the podcast. So go listen to that. Um, it will help weed out tire kickers and people that are just not ready. Not They're not bad people. They're just not ready. They just don't know what they're doing. So unless you can get someone to pay you to help them develop their concepts, you're going to want to bail. And that will be the title of an upcoming pon- podcast too. Know when to bail. But, um, and, you know, 6C, uh, because that's the way the podcast is structured today. Listen to episode 10, five things not to do during client code calls before you do anything else, because you want to know about finishes right away. If your client has been choosing finishes, or even better, is waiting for a professional's, that's you, a professional's opinion of specs or even taste, will this work? It's pretty much a go with these kind of people unless you sense they're crazy. If your spidey sense is going off, bail. Because if you, if you sense they're crazy or, or something's off, it's, it is. Just get out of the situation. But yeah, asking about finishes is a great way to, to gauge readiness. Uh, so it's better to ask before you get there, but sometimes you can't. Okay, number seven. If you're still at their house after steps one through six, it's looking good for you. Walk through taking detailed notes and measurements. Walk through with the client. And I mean it, p- detailed notes and measurements. Plan the basics before you come for what you're going to want to measure uh, and and getting those essential components down. Um, like, you know, if, if something needs to move, like I was talking about before, plumbing, mechanical, electrical. Uh, avoid having to come back a second time before producing your first proposal. I've done this. It's stupid. It's an enormous time-wasting activity. Be thorough in what you're measuring and what your questions are. We'll revisit this episode where we talk about writing proposals somewhere down the line here. Uh, Don't forget to take some photos of the job site, even if only to jog your memory later. I hit the pop filter with my hand there. I'm just waving my hands talking. Uh, As much as I advise you to get your site visit information into the proposal immediately. It's not always going to happen. That's why you, you want a photo because it will help you. It will put you back in the room. 
you should get this stuff into into your computer as quick as possible uh, or however you do your estimating uh but uh, between a photo and detailed note-taking, you should be able to crank out good, realistic, winning proposals. So don't forget to t snap some shots. That second visit before your first proposal is, no, don't do it. Negative. Okay, number nine. Do not ballpark projected pricing or project length in your first site visit. This is also covered in episode 10. If you have not yet listened to that ballparking is a trap. Don't do it. If you ballpark, you will be held to what you said almost without fail. Even if your well thought out, awesome proposal says different. When people want ballparks for project pricing or project length, tell them politely and nicely that you need to think about all the bits and pieces before you do that. Tell them that will be in their proposal and that the actual pricing and project length might change after they've read that proposal because they might have come up with new ideas or there might have been a miscommunication. Your clients will understand that, you, that you're a professional and you don't ballpark when you explain it to them like that. Miscommunicating is the number one way to lose money in the contracting business. Miscommunications always happen, but you need to mitigate them and minimize the number of them. Get ahead of it. That's why it's advantageous to have a well-planned first-time first site visit. How do I know this? Because I blew it for years. I've cleaned up. I've recovered. No more of that, sir. Negative. Number 10. Ask if there's something else they're thinking about doing before you leave. Half the time when you ask this, they will say, we've been thinking about doing such and such as well. Or next year, we want to do this thing over here. Then ask them if they would like a quote. Tell them you can add a line item. Tell them it will be less expensive if we do it all at once. Because it will. There are several reasons why you want to do this. First, because they'll tell you about this eventually anyway. And it will probably be the day you're starting the project. And you've got all these other projects lined up behind it. You're booked out. You know what your subs are doing. You know what your employees are doing. And these people say they want this now. And the doubles the scope of the project and you're there and you, and you have to say, Oh, we, I, I can't fit it in. But if you had asked the question before you would have more time in the driveway. And that's the second thing. Bigger jobs mean fewer driveways every year that increases efficiency, lowers overhead and simplifies your organization. It's also nicer for your employees and subs because they don't have to go as many places. You get better work out of people when you're when they go to one place consistently. And third, you take the first two in account and you're making more money. Money. Okay, number 11. This episode was going to be seven tips, not 11. It's just flowing today. I'm inspired. I'm inspired because of good feedback I'm getting this week. Okay, number 11. When you leave, look both potential clients in the eyes and thank them using their first names that you wrote down. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks, Bob. Pleasure to meet you. I'll have a proposal to you ASAP. Be sure to get an email of who will be the contact. So this is kind of 11B. 
This is when you identify who will be your point of contact for the project. It needs to be one person. Only three people, you and both of them, when you are all in the same room. Trust me, I've blown this bad. This is a recipe for miscommunication. I will cover this more when we talk about working with clients under contract because it's a whole it's a whole podcast in itself. Okay, you've said your sincere goodbye. You've helped cement their names into your head so you can address them like an adult the next time you see them. And 11B, you've simultaneously pinpointed your point of contact. Okay, guys, this episode is finally over. Thanks for listening. If you would like a PDF with the content of this episode, shoot me an email at info at thecontractinghandbook.com. Next, I need your help. I don't like asking for help. I'm a contractor. I like telling people what to do, but I'm going to ask nicely. I need you guys to tell me what you think in the form of a review. And if you like the show, please help me by writing that review because the Apple and the Google will recognize that and it will help get my message to more people like you. And tell me where you're listening from because currently we've got listeners in 13 different countries. And I want to give a shout out to Aaron Jones of Big Dog Construction out of Grand Manan, New Brunswick. Aaron listened to my interview with Marcus of Broski Builds on Instagram and said he really liked the honest, unpolished cup of coffee conversation between two builders. That is awesome feedback, Aaron. Thank you. I, uh, it affirms that I'm doing something and not just speaking into the ether to no one. And so, yes, thanks. And Aaron suggested an episode where we discuss going big, the pitfalls, the failures, and the dividends. And that's the plan. I, I'm definitely, uh, I, I think that that is a huge question for all builders, you know, what the size your company is and the perspective. And I kind of talked about that in the first few episodes of the show. Um, and maybe I can get Aaron on here and we can talk about flying too close to the sun. All right, guys, do your homework before your first site visit. Thanks for listening today, you guys. If you found value in the content, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, or if you're in the Android world, a rating on my website. Alternatively, take a snapshot of the episode you just listened to on your phone or a picture of it from your car stereo and post it on Instagram and tag me in your stories. When you leave a review, tell me where you're reviewing from and I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Thanks for listening and whatever you do every day, remember at the end of the day, it's your legacy. So build a legacy that matters. That's all I got. Later.